you find yourself with the same incurable curiosity as us, this is a place for you. This is Spiritual Smorgasbord with Cheyenne and Desiree. today's episode my friend Callie came in and was super vulnerable with us about her um her way of 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 awakening I guess you could say yeah I know a lot on um the previous episodes we've had we've had we talk a lot about like the powers and the clear senses and all of these really spiritual ethereal things happen to you during these awakenings and uh Callie got to bring on you know, really what you go through in the physical world, what you're going to go through when this armor that you've built yourself up as this mask that you are mm-hmm. starts breaking and you have no control over it, but and, you know, it needs to break. Right. And, and let's be honest, we spend quite a bit of time talking about how you guys met and where you guys met. <laughs> we did. Um, but it was, it's a really positive story and, and I think environment. If, I think it is kind of funny because when you said like, hey, for people outside of the concept, like what's an MP? Right. And I was like, oh yeah, I was speaking <laughs> to all the roadies. Right. Because if you're a roadie or an employee of Texas Roadhouse, like you drank that Kool-Aid, the first 38 minutes, you're going to be like, I remember that bond. I remember that friendship. I remember that compassion. I remember that environment, whether mm-hmm. you work in it or not. Um, so I always want to build, like show people how we got to the studio in the first place. Right. Um, but Callie is one of those just people that it's, uh, she's had a profound impact in my life mm-hmm. without continuously being in my life every day. But when she shows up, it's powerful and I'm going to change and I'm going to be better for it. Right. Um, so yes, the first 38 minutes are <laughs> our love affair Reflection. with Texas Roadhouse right. and you know. Go get you a hand-cut steak. Right. But then she's just really vulnerable and honest about the journey she's been on, learning about herself, um, breaking herself down and apart, and building herself back up. And um, it's something that a lot of us don't take the time to do. We're scared to do it. Yeah. I'm still scared of parts of myself that Mm -hmm. I'm trying to heal through. Absolutely. And she helps us understand that we don't need to be scared of it because on the other side... As dark and as hard and as powerful as it can be on the other side of it, we become amazing people. And we learn to love ourselves. I think that's my favorite part is she gives you some really good tips and tricks on, hey, this is how I started loving myself. It gets a little difficult. Mm -hmm. I don't have like affirmations really aren't the best for me because this works for me. Mm -hmm. And the I play this way, you play this way. It's it's okay. We're both different, but we're the same and we're connected very very powerful message yeah so i'm not alone but i'll go first with callie hey desiree hey cheyenne how's your day so far you know things are happening we had a big winter freeze and it kind of threw a wrench in my life with frozen pipes and water main breaks and oh yeah that's awful know, yeah but it, you know you, all you can do is work through it right yeah 
So, and then look up the spiritual meaning about pipes bursting I have in been, your life. You know, you say that all the time, and I've been thinking that for, like, hours now. I think that with, like, anything <laughs> bad now, I think that's the only yeah. way for me to get, like, out of it. I'm right. like, this is what so is effed up right now. What, what is this teaching me, <laughs> yeah. right. Cheyenne? Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm really, yeah. I'm really sorry that you? you're you obviously doing? going through that. I'm good. I feel like I have a little bit of, like, a congestion but um what's a spiritual meeting of congestion? i i actually was just having a conversation with it this morning in my bathroom like as with i was congestion? doing like well i did like my tea tree face rub yeah and some stuff and i was like you know i was like loving on my body i was like hey got some mucus up in here and i gotta like move it down you know you ever yeah. seen that tiktok where like they yeah i do that move it yeah the so like but i do that, that to yeah. like move things you know that have been resting in my body and then I'm like, okay, so um, I am not going to say that I'm sick because right. I don't believe that I'm sick. I think something just wants to kind of hang out in my sinuses for a couple days. Or is there something that is or isn't being said that's yeah, kind of right? holding that space? Which there's always something I'm not saying. <laughs> I don't believe that <laughs> yeah. at all. <laughs> Lies. Um, but anyways, I just thanked it for showing up and acknowledged its presence instead of being a you know, like beating it to death. Right. So I was like, okay, well, if you want to hang out with me for a couple of days, I'm a really nice person, but right. can you make my voice sound cool if you're going to like <laughs> invade my sinuses? Right. So you're like, we're going to have raspy, sexy Cheyenne on the episode today. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, well, I mean, it, it kind of times out perfect because so I, I've never had like a girl crush. Until <laughs> I met Callie in 2013. And she's our guest today. Well, appropriate then. Maybe and that's it's, why it's And here. it's supremely appropriate because I'm like, hey, Callie, been a long time. You know, how you doing? Um, but Callie and I actually met in Quincy, Illinois in 2013. Um, she was a corporate trainer for Texas Roadhouse. And I was a server that just got hired there. And um, I remember like the first time I met her, met her, like how electrifying her personality was. And just like, you were just like pulled to her. Right. But then she like, cause they put you like up in a section called the two hundreds and the trainers walk back and forth and like train you on the culture, the morale, the menu, everything, but they do it so fun. And we do it with, we did it with so many games that you were like, you wanted to be these people. You right. wanted to be that corporate trainer. And I'd never, I guess I'd never been like inspired like that where I was like, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. So like I watched her like intently and closely and I was just like, how do you do that? Like, how do you talk in front of people? Why are you so nice? How do you dance like that when the music comes How on? How do you drink that much Red Bull and not die? <laughs> you know? So I want to bring Callie in on here because I see you over here just dying laughing at me talking about you. <laughs> yeah, like literally. I remember, I remember that day too. I wish we could both replay what our what our eyes saw yes as we were entering the building or like coming in but um that was my first opening ever as a corporate trainer so that was like oh. my first time doing what what she experienced and I was winging it like everything I had no idea life. I was like so <laughs> in there I was like these people are like rock stars to me they're so <laughs> cool and she was so cool I had no idea like how nervous she actually was or anything because I, I was like you're a pro to me bud What's so funny to me, like just observing this, right, is that both of you on that day had this huge, like life changing moment, life changing day that neither one of you knew in the moment was going to be something that you would both be looking back on going, wow. Yeah, right? what a journey. Yeah. yeah. 
Mm -hmm. I feel like really like I used to talk about Quincy, Illinois. Like if anybody's never heard of it or whatever, like Google it right now. Cause it's, it's, yeah, it's It's beautiful and Um, historic and wonderful. It was like, I said it was like this, this portal or this, like I felt like whenever I would drive to it, I was entering this like different space. And I really feel like looking back now, I spent like almost three months there Mm -hmm. and it changed me in so many ways that I still am realizing now in life, the people I met, the the lessons I learned and the, the path that it set for me from there, that opening literally set, you know, a tone for the next year or two of my life and kind of decided where I went all because I went to this one opening and met these people. Amen, wow. sister. So Amen. Cool. Yeah. It's I feel like the same way. Timing, right. Well, just meeting yeah, you, I'm, meeting you was just and still is like to watch our growth over the years like social media there's so many negative things you can say about it but the reason I'm still on it is for connections that you and I have I've been able to fall in and out of contact you know we always say the vibration and the frequency but you're one of those people that we always come back around and check on each other or we're like dude check this shit out or hey this made me think of you and it might be real quick where we drop a post in and then a couple months go by, but you've always been one of those people that I feel like we grow together, even though we're not together. One of those circle people. Yeah. She, she is. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine if you were actually in the studio right now versus just on my iPhone right now. Cause we would have like jumped for 10 minutes straight in <laughs> yeah. sorority girl post. Like, like- Look how cute you are. I'm so proud of you. I love your blue hair and your pretty eyes and your TikTok's fucking badass. And I fucking love you. <laughs> You know, and then they're like, okay, well, I guess we'll record an episode now. I'm like, do you want to, like, hug one more time? You're like, I love you so much. Like, nobody brings out my golden retriever more than Callie because she'll, like, she'll let me, like, sit on her lap and hold her like that, too. Like, most people are like, okay, I appreciate, like, how much you love me. And Callie's like, get over here. Just come on. Yes. And, like, as a person who, like, loves to radiate good energy, like, I love nothing more than when people receive it and, like, feel my genuine like desire to make everybody comfortable and happy like that's all I want mostly because I'm usually uncomfortable so I'm like <laughs> if I can make everybody comfortable I'm gonna be comfortable. then I'm gonna be comfortable right. yes and that she was one of those people that right away just like I knew it I knew we'd clicked and there was a handful of them there and um they were like my little rascals and I couldn't be happier that <laughs> I got to do that she I think one of my favorite things looking back, she was like super vulnerable with us about like where she was not only in her life, but like in her career path. And she was like, Hey, I know that I'm a corporate trainer now. She goes, but would you believe me if like six weeks ago, my manager sat me down and talked to me about like my negativity and how like my energy will actually flip the staff's energy because I'm so powerful. And I was like, I resonated with that story at the time because I knew that I, I mean, I had had that conversation. They're like, hey, when you're down, everybody's down. I'm like, well, that's bullshit yep. because I'm not the boss here. Like, you, you know, you yeah. flip the energy. You don't pay me to flip the energy. But it was one of those planted seeds of, oh, wow, like I'm powerful and I'm actually using my energy incorrectly because I don't have boundaries and I don't have anything set. Yes. So did either yeah. of you know before those conversations that you were... Um, empathic or the energy was like a physical thing that could be used not just like a woo-woo term or you know what I mean I knew that I was empathic but I thought it was a curse Mm -hmm. 
I like I it was something that like I hid from yeah. everybody and I mm-hmm. didn't want them to know because I thought it made me more vulnerable or I thought if people yeah. know like hey she's really easy to hurt mm-hmm. that they would just hurt me more about it and you didn't know that you could yeah. like turn your happy on and everybody would be happy or turn your I, sad on I and I noticed it but sad. I didn't have self-worth at this time so I had right. literally I had literally like Roadhouse opened. I put the key under the mat of my seven year relationship and I ran as fast as I could away from the apartment. Mm -hmm. And then I woke up the next day at my mom's house where I moved into the day prior. And that was the day that I was supposed to go open a Texas Roadhouse. Mm -hmm. And uh, opening of a Texas Roadhouse is like opening a Broadway show. Um, and it, it yeah. is like you, I mean, not it's only did we, it, it is a whole, and it's, I mean, every night is a show. You have to make sure you're doing everything you possibly can to get the guests there, but you also have to keep the morale and the theme and just all of the training. So I, again, slid the key under the mat of the apartment of the guy that I was leaving And I didn't want anybody to know what I had been going through, not only the past seven years, but the past several months got really, really bad. And I was doing my roadhouse training during this. So I was going to training every day and we had to turn our phones off and um, it was for like eight hours. So when I would turn my phone back on, I would have like upwards of 20 plus messages, voicemails, missed calls. Um, and I was in a really bad place in a relationship and I didn't know how to get out, but I would go to work every day and these people would be so nice to me. <laughs> and I was so confused because I had been proving, proving that I was good enough to receive love for so long mm-hmm. that these people just liked me for being me. They liked me for just walking in the door for putting an effort and they understood the culture and the safe space that Texas Roadhouse could provide you. And they were like, here, here's this. And I'm like, oh my God, like, am I even, am I even worthy of this? Like, I thought I was going to get cut because I was like, they're going to find out. They're, they're going to find out. They're going to find out. You really are. Yeah, they're going to find right? out and they're, think- they're not going to let me like be be with them so like I fell in love immediately they're gonna beat you and put you in a closet yeah Yeah. I was I was already scared that like they were gonna throw me away too yeah but now like what's crazy is like looking looking back and thinking about it I could tell that you had um you had drama or pain in your life like you had had past traumas I could feel it in meeting you um and to bounce back off what she asked, like, I've always known that I can read a room or feel things and affect it. But the same thing she said, I didn't realize my self-worth until much later in life. Mm-hmm. And I didn't believe in myself enough. And what I always, what I always like thought of it as or how I communicated, like, it was like this silent energy that I never told anybody I was doing. And I never let anybody know I was affecting the room, but I was always doing it because I I needed that sometimes or I would recognize that the room needed it. But mm-hmm. I would feel that pressure too. And like, so it was hard. It was a hard balance, but I didn't, I didn't understand still. That was the biggest thing. But like meeting people like her, like, you know, she's one of those people that I felt like I could silently communicate with her and we understood each other, like without knowing each other ever prior to walking into That's the so true. building. And, but I felt like I could talk to her in whatever nonsense language. Cause it's, once you know me, like I just like speak off cuff. It's just like random. There's no, I don't even make, I make up words like noises. Um, and she's <laughs> she one of those does. people that I felt like would just know what I was saying while I was, I could not even say a word and I could just make facial expressions and noises. And she'd be like, yes, yes, yes. yes. Like, 33. That's, that's, that's what you were saying. Yeah. No, yeah, like, that, that's the energy. You're that is absolutely towards. perfect. We did have, 
not like to romanticize our connection, but there was like, there was something with, um, our body language that we really could understand each other. The, I think she knew, especially in training, like when I would get uncomfortable and when I get uncomfortable, I either shut down, get frustrated or like really disassociate. And she like, it was like knowing the people needed the roles before they needed on the table. Like she already had that intuition. (laughs) So she would come over and she really would just like shift the energy around me Mm -hmm. and she wouldn't come up to me and pat me on the back because there's 200 other employees. You don't, you know, you don't treat anybody special, but it's not like she came up to me and she's like, you're doing great. You're special. You're wonderful. Everything's going to be fine. But like she would come up and she'd be like, Hey man, Everything going good over here? Here, have five red tickets for no freaking reason because you're awesome. All right, you're doing great. I see you. And then she would just, like, bounce off in her own little Cali way. And, like, in I'm, like, ingesting everything that she just did to me. I was like, this person was nice to me for no freaking reason. I'm still trying to figure out. I'm still trying to figure out if they're going to, like, let me keep this job because we are just knocking people off every day. And that was the crazy thing is I was like, yeah. is she just trying to get close to me to see what, like, how effed up I am? So <laughs> right. it can be like, okay, guys, so... On the chopping block today is Cheyenne because right. she just revealed to me some gnarly <laughs> shit, you know? Like on Divergence, so like, the yeah, movies, right? Yeah. Where you drop below the red Absolutely. line. Yeah. Because I was like, I, I, I knew that they were doing chopping block conversations at the end of every day. And not only was I like, art, like I already felt like weirdly homeless with the transition that I was doing <laughs> in my life. But I was like, if they don't, like if they cut me and like I have no reason like why they cut me. I'm like, it's just going to, like, murder me right now for what I'm going through. I'm like, yeah. I couldn't even, like, I couldn't even like, make it through training? Like, what? I'm what, useless. Yeah, and see, like, what I recognized my role in Roadhouse was, especially once, like, that person had that conversation with me about, like, my ability to control energies and, like, how I affected shifts. I would come into restaurants like that, and it's like, I felt like, kind of like Peter Pan, and I was looking for all my lost boys. Yeah, I, I felt like the people that I the, the people that I picked and that were my crew that I always went to bat for. They're they're still magical. I believe a hundred percent that there's a handful of people from that store that I were like these were my crew. I don't no matter what anybody else thought about them, I had their back because mm-hmm. I knew they were magic. And um, you know, she was one of them. There was a couple others. Um, and it just. It's just one of those things where, like, I love gravitating towards that and building this, like, energy that's, like, now my energy is their energy. And I know they have energy, too. So let's keep spreading it and let's really make a difference on this day. Let's really make this fun for everybody. Um, And let's sip some Kool-Aid, right? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Let's get into the culture. I I love that we also got to, like, show you guys around Quincy. Technically, we weren't allowed to hang out with the corporate trainers, but the late stays one. I mean, what are you going to do? You have to show some hospitality and host. Yeah. So we did I lived get there to for like three months. Yeah, in a hotel. So we're like, well, at first you're like celebrity status to us. They're like, you right. would, you don't want to hang out with us. We're just the servers you're training. <laughs> and then like a week later, I'm like, you're my motherfucking best friend. Oh, I love you. <laughs> yeah, let's go to karaoke when I could That's take shots. Yes. Oh my god. You know, I ended up managing that place, right? Such a long story. Such a long story, but I was working there and Roadhouse, which I mean, they didn't like, I don't know. It's all tip money. So whatever in the end, but yeah, yeah, that was the funniest dive bar to ever work out in my life. That that first night we all hung out at, um, was it, is it, was it Chris and you that lived there? Was it Chris's place or I don't know. Was it the house? We all like, yeah, it was a house. It was like a front porch. Oh, I think um, that was 1501. Yeah, that's 1501. Um, 
Did we call that the and halfway house for was, lost roadies? <laughs> no shit. I bet. Yeah. Like, that was the first place I'd be hung out with you guys outside of work and like chilled. And I feel like that was the first time I really learned about maybe more things y'all had going on. Cause you guys did do a great job. But like, I didn't know all your past, but I knew y'all had some heavy things going on and you're my people. Um, so yeah, that was the first time I really learned that you had, you know, any sort of weight that you were carrying to work every day. And I think that absolutely probably made me at that point be even more protected because I'm like a Scorpio of all Scorpios. It's in like five of my placements. I love so, that. Like I'm just super intense and loyal and protective naturally to anybody that's like my person. And, um, that's yeah, I but I mean, people, empathetic, so. like if you know someone's going through it, you're like, I know why they reacted that way. You know, and it's just like uh, yeah. Pat, Pat's the one who hired me. So like, I remember, you know, girls would be just crying in freezers, crying everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, we just, we break. And Pat's like, I got too many tickets. I need you to go in that freezer. I need you to hand that girl some chocolate chips and get her <laughs> back out on the floor. I was like, why am I supposed to take a girl in the freezer and give them chocolate chips? He's like, you can't cry in the freezer and chocolate chips do something really funny to your insides to make you happy and get you back out. I need my ticket time, Cheyenne. So I was like, okay. He's like, I'm going to give you a Red Bull for this. Just get her back out there. Yeah. So I, from like, I don't know, the second week there, even though I had all my stuff going on, I was always really good with being like you, like being the alchemist in the situation and holding space, knowing those people are going mm-hmm. through it. So I'd go in the freezer, you have like your five questions. Is it a boy? Is it a girl? Is it a house? Is it a bill? Is it a parent? Is it a death? Where are we at? Let's just, yeah. let's, so, let's soak this down. Let's do this. Nope. Keep eating the chocolate chips and talking. You can talk and eat at the same yeah. time. I won't tell nobody. Keep going. So then I'll get her back out there. And it's like record time in my head because Pat's like, you got two minutes. Get her out there. <laughs> so then I'm like, she's back out there. She's happy. She's smiling. She's making money. We're all family. We love this. He's like, here's your Red Bull. Thank you, boo-boo. I'll be calling on you every time. I ain't got time to take people back to the freezer all the time. I can't be doing this. Yeah. So I was yep, like, I yep. I immediately was like the Dr. Phil of 434. I'm like, okay, yep. I'd be getting pulled in the office. Like, what's going on? Am like, I in trouble? I feel like low key sometimes, like Roadhouse kind of was like this like conductor for me to like discover all these gifts I had, but I still wasn't Absolutely. aware that I was discovering them. They were just like slowly but surely like peeking out and like, hey, you've got this, you've got this. Um, But it took so much time and it took leaving multiple times for me to like realize that I had these gifts still, whether I had that or not. Like I still had them if I was in Roadhouse or if I wasn't, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of my identity was Roadhouse, like leaving, leaving the relationship that I did, the relationship had really defined, um, from like age 14 to like my early twenties on and off. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, Roadhouse was like, Come over here, Cheyenne. We love you. Yeah. Um, so I mean, falling I, into the corporate ladder, I guess, is probably the best way. I mean, it's not, you can still be yourself, but like Roadhouse was my life, my identity, and they had saved me. So, yep. you know, there's well, like, there's no, I'm going to like turn my back on you. But there came a point where I, I needed to grow past it. It wasn't my everything. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like, um, I've got plugs and stuff here. Yeah. Uh, I think like one of the craziest things too is like when I look back at my like life timeline because like the way my brain works is like this giant just ongoing timeline of like things that happen and I can hop back in and out and re-dissect them or whatever. But um, that time in my life was crazy. Like when I think back about it now, I had just gotten engaged. 
Oh, um, yeah. We were in the middle of deciding where we were going to make our next move to. I had multiple offers for management positions that were just like coming in. And it was kind of like a, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? What's my choice? And I want to do opening. So I was like, no, I want to do this more. This is magical. Yeah. This if you're fun. a manager, like, you have to stay in one store. But if you just travel around uh-huh. and do all the stores, I totally and get that. And then they, they got me because they were like, hey, we're building this prototype roadhouse that's not like any other roadhouses that exist and it's magical and it's different. It's kind of like a Bubba's, but it's a roadhouse and it's going to, and they showed me like the drawings and the sketches and I was like, I want it. Yeah. If I want the prototype. It, want yes. Cause that's me. I'm like, if nobody else has it, I want it. I want to take it and make it even more magical and special. Um, so I that get was that. my first opening as a manager and that was like an even different power. That was like, um, like Wizard of Oz style, I felt like like I felt very just um in con- in control a lot of everything. Just, uh, well, as a corporate trainer, yeah. you still had to you had to go chameleon yourself to whatever that MP wanted to express what Texas Roadhouse was to mm-hmm. him within the guidelines. But, so then, being the manager and having the key, you're like, I have the knowledge and I have the power. Well, and like using my gifts and like my skills of um, you know management or manipulation, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely. Starting in Quincy, I started laying the path for what I wanted for that future. So when I got that store, I got everything I wanted also. Like I got to continue. I didn't have to chameleon. I got to say, this is what I want. This is how I want to do it. And this is what we're going to do um, and how it's going to play. And I said, if you trust me and let me execute this, I promise I'll make magic for you. And we did. We broke records. Like it was insane. So as an outsider. Um, and we got to do a lot of cool things. But I also, in that same year, I open up this brand new restaurant and I make a huge life change, like multiple life changes in a matter of like two months. Because that's me. I'm like, let's not do it simple. Let's dive in and make super life changing decisions in a matter of weeks. And then shift With your, your prototype next, store. Like, what were you saying, Desiree? I was just going to say as an outsider, what is an MP? You guys have said that a few times. Um, managing partner. So Texas Roadhouse, we use the term partner a lot because um, we believe in partnerships. So as opposed to general managers or, you know, regional managers, we call everything partners. So you've got your managing partner, your market partner, um, whatever partner type position you're in. And my role is a partner in the company. Um so is it so, so is it's it the guy who actually use. operates the store so okay. the yeah. yeah so the market partner is the one who's at the store every day mm-hmm. like he's the top of the pyramid at your store uh-huh. and then the managing partner has like a bunch of them that he goes and oversees kind you of like a district that. manager <laughs> yeah okay. yeah so the um, the way the managing the managing partner is in the store market partner oversees so like imagine a market okay he's yeah yeah, yeah. Market. okay managing partner is like one store but like and they were like, own stake in all those stores okay they're like the rock stars if you're like coming in and like starting. Like I remember just like idolizing the owners, the corporate trainers, the market partners, service mm-hmm. coaches, any of the support staff that came on. Like Roadhouse made it look like they were like the Rolling Stones tour coming into town. Gotcha. So they really did actually. Like it was pretty, I mean, they really did. Like pretty. the first time I met Kent and Taylor, he rolled off a private jet from Nashville, Tennessee, barefoot with ripped jeans and a tie-dye <laughs> shirt. And he's yeah, the CEO. And we get to talk to him because mm-hmm. he wants to know what the front lines are doing. Yeah. And how he can help yeah. you. I was like, I'll work for you forever. You have tie-dye on, 
you love the Rolling Stones yeah. and you're bare freaking foot. And you just shook my hand. It's like, yeah, give me was, a minute to clean up. Super humble guy. He was an amazing, amazing leader. And he was really, um, you know, so much energy and culture that this company had and he brought it. So super cool. And, uh, you know, when I left the company the first time and I came back, um, cause basically a lot of people in the company left to go to another company. Cause you know, the grass is always greener kind of vibe. And, um, I ended up coming back and I was the first person that they took back from this mass exodus. And Kent Taylor called me, um, that like that, like next day, basically it was my first day back. And I got a call from his assistant saying, Hey, Kent's going to call you today. You're going to get on like a block or an unknown number coming up. Be, be available to answer it. And I was like, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So of course I go into work that day and I tell like my boss and I tell everybody, I'm like, I got a call from KT. Kent Taylor is calling me. Okay. So everybody's got to back up and give me some space later when I get this call. Cause I got to be <laughs> ready for it. So of course, like as I'm getting the call, chaos is happening in my restaurant and nobody respects what I asked at that moment. Like the margarita machines down and like, just like there's, there's like three other managers there, but I'm the only one they can come to for anything. You know, so I'm like on the phone with Kent Taylor in dry storage, like literally hunched down rack of glasses. Yes. And I'm like, Hey, what's up? Yeah, no, it's great. No, I got time. I'm totally fine. And my bartender's like, hey, the margarita machine's broken. I'm like, get away. Don't tell out. I'm like mouthing, get out to her and like throwing her out of the room. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's it was just moments of like, how crazy that this person who's literally the, not just the founder, the CEO, the, all the CEOs, OOOs, whatever letters are there. He was everything. And he wanted to call me and talk to me and ask me what it was like leaving and why I came back and the thanking. That blew my mind. And that right there made me feel a whole different level of loyalty to that company. Absolutely. Um, Were you honest with him? And that's, oh, yeah. If, yeah. If you know me, there's no, I can't lie. I feel uncomfortable lying if I lie. And then you'll know it. But you may not, you may not give the whole truth though. Like if you just, for me, I think like if I had left a company that like if I leave a company, I'm probably kind of upset with them. And then if I come back, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be hesitant to share the whole truth. The hard part about Roadhouse and talking about any discrepancies that you've had with the quote unquote company Mm -hmm. is the company is perfect. It's a cake recipe Mm -hmm. that will 100% make a cake every time. But if, I give you the cake recipe and I give me the cake recipe and five other of my friends the cake recipe. One of these people are going to take this ship down and they're going to take they're my gonna recipe that with you it. add some vanilla and some almond. Exactly. Yeah. So you have you have yeah. all these people that um, one really care about like like the MP title. The mm-hmm. MP means that you know, nothing goes past them. Mm -hmm. Um, So like if you have someone like Callie coming into play, who's a hundred percent, probably more knowledgeable than the guy that they actually hired for the MP spot, because (laughs) she's done the corporate opening. She, she understands all of the details that Kent Taylor understands. You know what I'm saying? So if you have that yeah, knowledge and that passion matched up against a guy who's like, oh, I finally got An my ego. MP position and his ego, mm-hmm. you know, they really, it's easy for people to taint the Texas Roadhouse name yeah. by honestly just being like egotistical operators, to put it nicely. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were, and, and whatever they did in their like- past lives, their past, like, oh, I operated 25 restaurants. We're like, well, in this culture... You know, we train you at the door how to be with Texas Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. I don't care where you come from, but it they they really needed 
it to care where they came from and their like all their jobs and stuff. So yeah. like I speak that because I know the mass exodus exodus that you're talking about. And it wasn't Texas Roadhouse's fault. Um, they no. are seriously the number one company in my mind. Like my kid will probably work for them when she gets her first job because yeah. I know that they're going to take care of you. But am I aware of the the operators that I believe could have done a better job, the managers that have could have held themselves yeah. more accountable for the culture, well, myself included in my like younger them. times. That's probably why she's like, we're tiptoeing around it because mm-hmm. it's not Texas Roadhouse. It's not Kent Taylor. It's not Jerry Morgan. Yeah. Like those are, our, those are our people. Even like when, yeah. when we left, it's because we had to save ourselves and Roadhouse yeah, couldn't absolutely. even save us. It, and these and characters came him, in. Like, in that, in those honest moments with him, I said, you know, I said, I was a brand new manager. I went from making this much money serving to now this much money managing with different sets of responsibilities, different, wherever there was lots of, lots of moving pieces. And I said, you know, I was also 24 years old and someone painted a picture with a number that was much bigger than the number that I knew. So I said, gimme, because I came from a life of not have, I came from a life of not, you know, um, luxuries and things and I a big believer of earning what I want for myself and getting it so when I had this opportunity to take it I did and it was only three months that I was with this other company and it was horrendous it was probably the darkest time of my life it was um at that point especially like just a very lost time and so for me to be able to come back and them welcome me in I had no no problem saying this is why I left the first time this is why I left them and this is why I came back here and he appreciated it wholeheartedly and um I left the company again a few years later uh for again personal reasons because I wanted to pursue my career as an event coordinator um I really wanted to get into more control settings myself so that was a big step that I took for myself to say hey I'm stepping extremely out of my comfort zone and I'm leaving this company that I've been with for 11 years and I'm going to go try to do this on my own. And then like, you know, like this little thing called uh, the pandemic happened. And (laughs) And all of a sudden events are canceled. Right. (laughs) No, like I like I spent like two, two and a half years building up this empire for myself and this taking a career that I've never done before, but said, I know I can do it because I have a knack for these things. And I just hit the ground running and I did it. Now Roadhouse gave me the tools to do that, truly. But um, I feel the same way. I was mad. I was mad at first when the pandemic happened and I lost so much. I lost not only a year's worth of commissions and events that I was to be working and things like that, like just my morale. You know, I was like, man. I thought I had it figured out. Uh Uh-huh. And, um, so, you know, it was really hard. And so I tried to come back to Roadhouse at one point and I had to go meet with Jerry Morgan when he was still, before he was, you know, before Kent passed and he was the CEO. Um, he was just, a um, like a regional partner. And so he was helping in Quincy. So how funny is this? I don't even know that I've ever told you this story. Mm-hmm. So he was helping in Quincy and they were like, Hey, Jerry's going to be in town for like four days and I'll meet with you, but you got to go to him. And I was like, okay. I'll drive to Quincy. So I took the four hour drive and I drove down to Quincy and I sat with Jerry Morgan at one eleven, and we talked and he loved me and he was more than happy to have me back. But there was some situations at the time that it didn't work out with and mm-hmm. that was okay. 
because it wasn't supposed to happen yet. Absolutely. It wasn't supposed to. But what was super crazy, and I feel like I didn't even think about it until now, like, that whole, like, first, like, shift in my life happened when I was in Quincy. And then I drove all the way back to Quincy for this next attempt, and it didn't happen yet, but it was supposed to happen there. Like, I was supposed to drive there and talk to him that day for four hours. I don't know why. I had to take eight hours out of my day to go talk to him, but I did. And um, I believe every day that those little moments have constantly guided me to where I'm at now. And I couldn't be happier because of it. I love conversations with Jerry Morgan. So I, when you're like, I don't know why I had to move there. I'm like, oh, I know why you drove there to go sit with him. You know, you think it's, oh, let's just touch base really quick. But he's one of those people. He he is kind of like Kent where he makes you feel like you're the only one in the room when he's talking to you. There could be a thousand people. There could be people lined up and he is like all about you and yeah not a lot of people do that and it's genuine and he's yeah I will say that like he's a genuine like down to earth wrangler wearing good dude Mm -hmm. I've met him in so many so many like training things he was I mean he was in Mm -hmm. our market so Jerry Morgan is yeah it's, it's a name that I recognize through my whole career um but again, I, I can't sell like he's a CEO and he's genuine. He's a started from the bottom. Yeah. Now we're here story. And you don't hear enough about those stories either. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that's what I love. I love that hard work ethic. And I think there's so many people that can resonate with that. Like you can't, and it's, it's not forever. It's not everybody's going to rise to that top. It's okay. You know, mm-hmm. but like it's, it's, it's inspiring and it's real. It's tangible. It's there. It's like, Absolutely. You know, deserved it over time. So love that growth, love seeing that. I love, you know, full circle, like how all those things that we've learned from that company absolutely carry over into things that we do. You probably totally do things in your home that you don't even realize that are oh, like, Oh, I understand that everything that's roadhouse still in my life. I get, yeah. I have such a huge like devotion and gratitude to it. Um, like mm-hmm. I'll, you can have negative experiences anywhere and there's only certain people that mm-hmm. I'll get super candid about that. But for the most part, I mean, like, I am a Texas Roadhouse cheerleader. And even when I go in to eat these days, I'm still like, oh, my God, I love all of you so much. Thank you so much. And, Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to snitch if you don't, like, do your table correctly. But I'm, like, like, passionately hurt if I ever did go to Roadhouse and I didn't get, like, that level that we worked so hard to give everybody over and over and over. Yeah. Well, like, you know, what's really, and like, this will kind of come full circle with like what we're going to talk to and move past us before I get out of this phase. Of I, it, I was going to um, say, we're coming dangerously close to being Texas smorgasbord and not oh spiritual smorgasbord. <laughs> I know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no, you um, don't need I to apologize. Cool, um, About the culture and like what it brings is so, like, I've worked in all, like tons of different stores. I've worked at tons of different levels and capacities of the company. Um, and one of my favorite things is to make an impact on people, not just as like an individual, but as a group, because I believe more than any other concept I've ever worked for that Roadhouse brings people together that would never interact in any other setting. Yes. They would never be friends. They would never, um, you know, Date. hang out, talk, whatever. But <laughs> it, yeah. And, Speaking yeah, of dating. So yeah. many people together. And I recently um, had the privilege to speak with someone who was the grandmother of an employee at one of our locations. And he is an autistic um, got kid. And he got hired at the roadhouse, like, in the last year to be, like, a busboy utility, like, kind of miscellaneous type job. And he wrote this beautiful speech at their, like, holiday party to thank them all for how amazing they make him feel. 
and how welcome they make him feel and how they don't ever make him feel different and how they love to take interest in his interests and all this stuff. And it was so moving. Like I was, it was like the first like call I took one morning and I was like, seriously, you're making me tear up over here. I'm like, and I was like, man, you got the right person on the phone right now. Let me tell you that for starters. (laughs) I was like, second, I was like, I love hearing this. I want to share this. So I did, I shared it as much as I could to everybody and anybody that would hear it. And then we sent this, we sent them like a Christmas care package um, for the kid and filled it up with a bunch of swag and stuff. And they were just elated. Mm -hmm. And um, it just made me happy to know that just even that one little person who got a job at a store and it changed his life. He Mm -hmm. comes to work every day and it changed his life. And that is amazing. Like that is powerful. I have never met anyone that hasn't been changed by the company, which is probably why I'm like, I know we're talking about this longer than necessary, but (laughs) you don't understand what this company has done. I mean, Callie and I met in Quincy, Illinois in 2013. I live in Wichita, Kansas. Now she's getting ready to move to Kentucky. We're two completely different people, but if Kent, like I always think back to like Kent Taylor running down like the air, the airport, like with his proposals, mm-hmm. like just check out my proposal, please. <laughs> and like all of the things that he did because he knew that he knew that it was going to work. He knew it was a success and that's yep. what he was supposed to do. He did all yeah. of these like transformational things to get this company to where it is to where then they build one in Quincy, Illinois in 2013. And I just go work there. Cause my mom's like, I love roadhouse. Go work though, Cheyenne. So I was like, <laughs> okay. I brought you. Yeah. And then like, I always think like there's, my life would have never turned out this way had I not went in and got this job and met these people and started with this company. But this company wouldn't have existed if Kent Taylor didn't exist and do what he did. Right. So like he's my idol, especially now because we're building our own business. Right. And it's terrifying to believe in yourself. And it's terrifying to tell people, hey, what do you do for a living? I'm like, hey, I have my own podcast. Here's my napkin. Let me chase you down. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, <laughs> oh, here's this. Yeah. Because you're you're honestly around a lot of people that they don't live their own dream or they don't even try to put in effort to live their own dream. And they can't even believe so, that so, someone can yeah, live Yeah, they a dream. don't know how to support somebody who's like, I do something that's completely unorthodox and against the nine to five. Right. They don't know how to support yeah. it. So they're like, oh, that's nice. But it comes back to you as like, they don't, they think I'm crazy for living my dream. Like they think I'm crazy for me doing what I want to do. Right. Um, so yeah. again, like going back to Roadhouse, like I worked for the company of the man who believed in himself. Right. I have their training manual memorized. I have a family across the United States because yep. of all of this. And I get to sit yeah. here today and, you know, Callie gets to share her awakening story. And the only reason I know she's here today is because I met her in 2013 in Quincy, Illinois at a Texas Roadhouse opening. And Kent Taylor ran down an, a, you know, like a, what are they called? What am I thinking of in the air? I want to say uh, runway, but that's not it's it. It's not a runway. It's, you know. Yeah, one of the, um, I don't know because the tarmac's still outside. Whatever, he's running somewhere in the. There's an airport, and, and there's he's an going airport, somewhere, and, and he's running with getting a on a plane. And I remember them. <laughs> I remember them. Just, like he's like, please read this, read this. But so there's like a bunch of stories. There's IOUs and his kids' piggy bank that I love. Like one day when I'm rich, I'm gonna take care of you. Like, but again, like knowing like there's a difference in like oh well I'll see it when I believe it, which is how a lot of people are. Right. But I'm really big on I already know this is coming to me and I'm doing the work what I need to do now. But you don't meet enough people like that who are inspired enough in themselves and then to be their authentic selves when they go out in the world. Mm-hmm. And Callie yeah. is going to start now. 
that were done yeah. with Texas Roadhouse 101 <laughs> um, is going to start telling us like what it felt like for her. That. Yes, we, thank we you need, so much. We need to send this link to Texas Roadhouse and be like, just play this at your next orientation. Put it yes. in your- <laughs> And don't forget Jerry Morgan. Yeah. Cheyenne really wants to come and do the <laughs> tours in Louisville, Kentucky. You will never, like your turnover, you won't have any after I, t- I talk to them. <laughs> Callie's going to come over and MC, so it's not just me talking the whole time yeah. too. But I mean, so yeah. we obviously know how a great and how, you know, working in a proper environment can help and hinder you. But as far as your awakening, like how, yeah. how Tell did you how really tie that into everything that we just talked about? Like, when did that actually happen for yeah. you? For sure. So let's say like, so 2013, let's fast forward to 2020. Um, a lot of things <laughs> I was, um, I went through two different sets of career changes in that time. Um, and I think what I was, you know, what I was trying to do at this point in my life was check off boxes that I believed existed in society that said, you need to do this, 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 you need to achieve this, this, this. And I kept trying to do more, 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 because I felt like I need to be more. I need to do something else. I need to provide more. Um, and so I was working for a group and I was uh, an event, a full-time like event coordinator and planner. Um, and I was doing that freelance as well. And I was in a relationship with someone that I had been with for just shy of three years. Um, that was a very, you know, very complicated relationship, but it was something that at the time was very important to me. Um, she, you know, it, at that point she had everything that I thought I wanted. She, she had kids and she provided me with this idea of like, you know, a, a person to be my my partner in life and you gave me these kind humans that I get to I get to love and grow with and do whatever and um because the universe likes to be spicy with me they said hey we know that you don't like your birthday and that it's awful all the time like you just had so many awful things happen on your birthday we're gonna we're gonna break up with you on your birthday um so November 6 2020 I got dumped and it broke me it it broke me in a way that I'd never felt broke before. And what I realized over that next couple months is that, you know, those, those boxes I was checking, those things I thought I had to complete was this like very intricate porcelain suit of armor I had been putting on my body all my life. I'd been building all these pieces and attaching them and making sure that I was presenting in this way that was going to do good and going to, you know, be the right person for someone to be with and the right person to hire for a job and all the things that I thought I wanted. And in that instant, in that moment, every piece of that porcelain started to shatter off my body. And I felt so exposed and so lost and so like helpless. Like I literally felt like I had nothing anymore. Like I felt like my limbs were gone and I was just this energy wasting to nothing and um you know I went through the normal grieving next couple weeks um into like December of just you know real sad and you're in a dark place there's no light there's no light coming out of you if you're a light person and you're in the dark like that there's you feel it there's just radio silence and um were you writing during this time at all were you writing poetry or anything not yet. So like the the first like couple weeks, it was just all grief. Nothing. Just, That's fine. And I was just, just like checking. Sitting a lot. 
yeah, just like lots of associating and lots of just like zoning and those are the scariest parts about my introspection. Yeah, it's like I need to dissect my my mind is like literally an operator. My mind takes everything apart and says, How does this operate? Why does this not work? Why does this whatever? And so a relationship's the same. So I was just like replaying so many things, trying to understand where it went wrong. And this was when, you know, my my guides, my my voices that I hear, these these energies were starting to speak again. I was starting to hear them again. I was starting to feel this call to like, hey, pay attention. Hey. And it was never like, it wasn't a screaming. It wasn't a yelling. It was just this constant, consistent, even toned, like, hey, are you ready? Did you want to listen yet? We're here. We got some stuff we want to say to you. And it was this constant, like, whatever. So what's super crazy that you asked if I was writing, I just found like my, I was going through like old journal stuff. And on November 26th of that year, I started writing like a daily prompt of like, just like, you know, getting some stuff out and like, really addressing things I wanted to address and it was like you know how do you feel about yourself what are things you like about yourself where do you want to be what are your you know, all those types of questions and um I just didn't know I didn't know any of that stuff yet I felt so I felt like I was a kid again you know I literally felt like I regressed in age from that and I just started therapy luckily like two weeks before the breakup like I love my therapist thank you um but I was slowly taking out the tools that I needed to handle myself. And I didn't realize it yet, but it was like in that end of that month going into December, I started taking all those tools out and saying, okay, let's really, let's just like cold turkey dive into you. Cause all you've been doing your whole life is analyzing everything else and dissecting it and taking it apart and figuring it out. And you're good at it. You're really good at it. Let's turn the microscope on Kelly. Let's take some of that energy and put it into you. So I literally just sat down and said, let's start simple. Let's start with some simple mindfulness and, you know, putting energy in good places. So I just started getting up and meditating every morning and doing some yoga and stretching and re-tuning in with my body, like feeling physically what I was carrying around and not addressing it was heavy. And over that next month of like December, I really started to like already starting to like shed that, like knock that broken stuff off and say like I don't want that I'm done with that and uh with like New Year's into our like December New Year's um I had like that was like where I feel like I literally woke up on New Year's Day and felt ready to hit the ground running and it was this powerful just sense of clarity like literally like you know if anybody wears glasses and you have like that smudge on the front of it and you you're just dealing with it all day because you're like oh there's a fingerprint smudge on my glasses but you don't wipe it off because you're like lazy or whatever for me um (laughs) I was finally like I'm gonna wipe that smudge off really quick and look and I was like what on earth have I been doing and from like January so like that kind of um started my like creative journey from that point on so like right before the breakup my ex and I had started a tiktok because TikTok was, like, blowing up at the time, and I was like, yo, yeah. lesbians are all the rage on TikTok. Let's get up on there. <laughs> Let's do this. Put our gay faces out there and see if people are about it. Let's go be lesbians so, like, on TikTok. we started posting, and, yeah, and we got, like, we started to get, like, some, some good, like, views, and, like, in a matter of, like, a week or two, we had gained, like, seven or 8,000 followers. 
And it was kind of like, oh my God, I'm like, you posted like three videos and like 7,000 people want to hang out with us. <laughs> so it was kind of cool. And I was like about it. Cause I'm like, oh my God, I need a creative outlet. I need something. And, um, yeah, so then that happened. And then so after the breakup, I deleted that. Cause I was like, I'm not going to have this account. I'm bitter. Um, so I started my own TikTok, which was pretty much riddled with like super bitter breakup posts. No, she's not. She's not saying it correctly. They aren't super bitter. They're the truth and the raw, and nobody had the guts to do it until I saw. But I'm like, that's probably popular, though. Well, it's truthful. And like, yeah, some of you know some of those early posts. Like anybody who wants to, you know, anybody out there who ever wants to take a deep dive, I've got a lot of posts. You got to go really, really far back. But definitely a different me. And you know, if I look like literally, if you look back at videos or pictures of me from then, I'm a different person. I've shifted. Oh, 100%. It's insane. And, um, you know, it took that creative outlet. So at the end of January, I had just dyed my hair for the first time ever in like my entire life, like ever did anything crazy. So I went and I dyed my hair blue because I was a typical woman and I'm like, I'm going through a breakup. I need to change my hair and change my wardrobe and be a new me. Um, (laughs) yes. So I did that and I made a couple posts. Like I posted a couple times in December, not a lot of views. Like I had like a hundred and like change followers. And I was like, I feel like those were like pity followers at that point. They were like, this girl is sad. Let's make her feel good. I made a couple posts and they kind of did well. And, um, I jumped up to like over a thousand followers, like overnight. And I was like, Oh my God. What was the post about? That's like, um, so it was about me, like literally me getting in my car and I was like, um, I was like, Hey, what's up TikTok? <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to do what all these little lesbians are doing and get in my car and talk about all my shit. So here I am. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, just like rattling off. Like, nonsense. And then I made a few more of those. And then that got my creative juices flowing. Like I'm literally like, once I give myself an inch, I'll take 10 miles. So like, I was like instantly like every, and I was unemployed at this point. So I was like, I had nothing but time. <laughs> so like every day I would all of a sudden just be around my house and I'd be like, I have this idea. I want to make this TikTok. So I started making some. And then I posted one that was like a duet with somebody. And that one like super blew up. Like I had like over 10,000 views like instantly. And so I started gaining followers again. So like in a short period of time, I went from like a hundred people to a thousand to 3000 to 4,000. It was just like steadily growing. And I was still like, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing on here. Like, I'm like, I am literally just getting up every day and like, boop, bop, beep, saying stuff into my phone. <laughs> boop, bop, and like, beep. hoping it lands. And then like, again, as a person who's like, so sensitive and easily swayed, it's like the moment something didn't go well or like, didn't, you know, produce, I was like, I'm failing, I'm failing. And yeah. I would go through heaves and hoes. And then I realized, you know what? It doesn't matter. There's no, there's no re- a recipe to this. Like, are some people more successful than others? Yes. Are some people going to gain more followers? Sure. And because of me and who I am, I already broke down and I know why. And I don't have some of those things, so I'm not going to have that. And I'm also not going to sit here. I literally just discovered, like, recently that you can, like, pay to promote your videos on there. I had no idea. I'm like, yeah, it, literally paying to put their videos up. It's supposed to look like it's a platform where, like, we're picking our own people yeah. and but making like, our own people yeah. popular. But the algorithms are always there to make you feel exactly <laughs> insignificant. And I was like, you know what? I don't like that. I came here and I'm doing this the old fashioned way. I'm yes. just being raw and honest and putting it out there. And that's kind of become my niche. And like all of my followers and a lot of my people know that like my niche is this roller coaster of what emotions I'm on at that moment. Like 
Am I happy? Am I funny? Am I sexy? Am I um, introspective? Do I, like, what is it going to be? And that's kind of what's grown my following is that everybody likes that there's no set path. We're just going through it together and they appreciate my vulnerability, my rawness. And that's what I kind of took to and said, like, this is all I want. Like, more people should just be direct, be honest, and be clear. The now, world would be so much better. Now, do you think um, that's so, because... Yeah, so, do you think that's because it's in the lesbian niche or could like a straight woman do that too, asking for personal reasons? Asking absolutely. for personal reasons. I think, <laughs> Can I go on yeah, there? No, and be I, like, think, <laughs> I think absolutely. Like some of my most, uh, some of my best lives or content that I do, it involves like people sharing situations and us like, you know, reciprocate or responding or talking or um, what I think is so big about that app and what it provides is it provides exposure to people that are like you that you've never got to see before. Like you might have an experience that you feel is unique to you because you've never been able to talk about it or express it because you recognize in your life, nobody else experienced that or felt that or whatever. But now you have this plat, you have this platform where you can share that. And even if, and I say this all the time, if one person gets to see my post and says that makes sense to me, and I relate to that and I've never felt, I've never found somebody else who, who said that or felt that way. That's the impact I want because I grew up so confused about so many things about myself. You know, I always felt I was different for a lot of reasons that I didn't understand at the time. And so I struggled to communicate about myself growing up. And I learned very early on as a child how to put those masks on and how to put the right masks on for right situations. So people didn't notice that you were different. And I didn't know as a kid, cause you can't yet how damaging that would be and how much it would affect adult Callie for doing that. Um, but by me being raw and just like talking about that a lot and sharing my experiences through from childhood through now growth, I love when I read people's comments and they say things like, Oh my God, I've never been able to articulate that. Like you said that perfect or I can relate or whatever the case is. And it's like, I'm talking about some random stuff, you know? And, uh, it's super, what happened? What happened? Did we lose me? Oh, uh, it's super cool to see anybody. And like, I literally mean anybody. I will never judge anybody in any walk of life for whatever you got going on. If you can relate to me, you're welcome here. You're like, and I feel like it sounds so kitschy, but like you're in a safe place. Like you're, you're in a place where like good energy exists and it's all that it's there to do is just be this blanket of good energy to let you breathe. Cause I don't know how, you know, about some people, but I know me, I didn't realize that I wasn't breathing my whole life. Mm. I was holding my breath. Mm-hmm. I was living, you know, constricted. And it was like one day I just woke up and I was like, you have a voice. You have a face, you have an ability, you have all these things. Do something with it. Do something with it. And that's been like my biggest, like, you know, silent thought or like message that I receive all year is like, you have this gift. You can share it and shine light in so many dark places. So did something happen Um, when you were a child to make you feel as though you had to put a mask on? um, I think that it was a combination of... So I was raised by a single mother, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, she worked her butt off kind of vibe. And I was either with my grandparents a lot or with babysitters, maybe, Um, you know, my mom always busted her butt to provide for me. That was something I will say I never went without. But as a kid who, A, read situations um, and B, 
is like super empathic. I recognized when things were a struggle or when things were hard and I never wanted to add to that. Mm-hmm. So I think like, you know, my biggest, less, I've always been kind of a spunky kid and a little off the wall and a little you know, goofy, but I recognize that sometimes that would create problems. So I learned how to mask at a very young age and say, so being, um, I know that well, well-mannered kids don't rock the boat and they also maybe get their way with things or whatever the case is. Um, so I'm going to do that because I know it makes everybody's life around me better. And that was kind of like the tone for that. You know, that was me setting the tone for my whole life. So you're saying was, you recognized you were too much from an early age. So you invented, uh, ways to fit in with them because I resonate with that super hard absolutely and I think that I was too emotional I was too dramatic sometimes you know when I get excited about things like if it's something I'm into whatever it is I'm I'm just so happy and I want to share it with everybody and I want to run around and I want to you know, so as a kid, if I was into something, I might be a little crazy or spazzy, but like the emotional part, I think was the, the biggest thing for me as a kid. I cried all the time. I was moved by things, by music, by art. By ch- I remember going into churches and just crying. And I'm like, no. like four-year-old me, like, what's going on? Can they keep playing the organs? Like, but I was just so moved and I recognized that. Um, but I learned again that sometimes people aren't comfortable with emotions. They just don't know how to like process it. If they're not that type of person or they're not emotional and you're just like crying and they're like, you get you, that first time you get someone saying, what are you crying for? Or what are you crying about? Or I'll give you something. That was a big thing. I'll give you something to cry about. I'll give about. you something like, to cry about. Super sarcastic, Absolutely. like thick, thick, you know, whatever. But as a kid, you're a sponge absorbing that. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, I am inconvenient if I do this. And but yeah, I absolutely changed my behaviors from a very young age to say, it's easier to fit in with the masses and stand out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I can identify with that so, a lot. But um, I think me being, like, using my creative outlet, like, with TikTok especially, like, literally life-changing for me. I Has it helped just, you? Like, re- like I said, like, go ahead. Has it helped you remove your mask um, outside of TikTok? Yes. So much. Like, one of my biggest, um, accomplishments and things that I felt like last year that I did that were, that was just life changing for me was setting boundaries and never wavering. Like if I, if I felt something, I was not going to shift my mood, my thought, my desires for somebody else. I was not going to do it anymore. And, you know, looking back, I lost just about everybody in my life last mm-hmm. year literally when I say that and you know from uh, November I got dumped and I lost my family and then the next two or three months my three best friends that I had had my entire life like the last like 13 14 years just kind of we we separated and I think it was a combination of difference of life paths and me setting boundaries for myself for the first time that they never recognized because they had a yeah they had a relationship with the person who had no boundaries and then when they try exactly. to have a relationship with someone who does have boundaries, it's at odds with who they thought they were friends with. And like more than anything too, like when you're going through these self, like these, these self awakening journeys and these spiritual feelings and you're learning about yourself, you know, it, 
it is hard for the people that knew you in that mask and in that outfit that you put on. Right. And when you want to share, it's hard because it's like, they're the people more than anything you probably want to share this realization right. with and this growth and this, this moment of clarity and they don't want to hear it because they were hurt or bothered or whatever the case was by this other person. Mm-hmm. And for the first time I said, you know, Hey, this is how I feel. And I kind of feel this, or, Hey, I kind of noticed this and this. And in a matter of like, you know, in the next like month or so, it just like stopped. And people that I, you know, thought would be around for, for this change in my life weren't. So it's like everybody that I cared about in a matter of like three, four months said bye to me without me saying bye. Mm-hmm. It's like they all just left a note on the counter that said, Hey, I'm ran out for the morning, but I'm not coming back. Right. Like I said, it's kind of like that feeling like when you wake up next to your partner and, or you think you're about to wake up next to your partner and they're gone and you didn't know they were going to be gone. But then you like find that note that says like, Hey, I ran to the store, except I just woke up and there was no note and there was no answer. And I was like, so it kind of, you know, for a moment I felt that that tingle of, uh, you know, you're not enough again. Unworthiness. You're yeah. too much, but yeah. you're not enough. And I said, and I literally, in the moment of like that, I said, no, no, we're not going to wallow in that. We're not going to feed that energy. Mm-hmm. We're going to just keep being us. We're going to keep shining and we're going to keep growing here because if they choose to leave, then they stop vibrating on your level. Right. You're vibrating too high now. You're up there and they're not. They and had served their purpose. Way, just, and we, exactly. Everything did happen for a reason. Those people came into my life when they did for a reason and I love them I will always love them our lives just changed and like we grew apart and same with the people that I've known that that broke my heart I wish them well and I hope them I hope them happiness and I'm at at this point now in my life happy that I had that lesson Mm -hmm. and appreciative of the lesson because I feel like you know that was sometimes I feel like that was the universe's like big way of saying like hey we've been quiet and we've been letting you drive around doing what you're doing. <laughs> now we're going to, we're going to steer for a little bit. Yeah. We've been and letting you have your you go. And now we're going to give you a BMW. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah. Literally. And so then, you know, it just, it's again, realizing all those lessons and having this big introspective year was huge. Um, and being able to uh, isolate and be alone and be with yourself, like just be with yourself and love you and hate you and whatever you need to do to like work through it. But it, it, you know, it opened me up. And in that from like February through like April was like a really big, I was a lot of shadow work journaling, a lot of very intense like therapy sessions talking about heavy things. And it got a little, it got a little heavy and dark for a minute. And I was like, whoa, I'm a little overwhelmed. Then I, instead of just stopping, I said, let's shift this self-love energy into a different place. Let's take a break from this stuff because it's definitely holding you. It's getting to you right now. That's cool. We'll readdress it. But let's keep moving forward. Um, my therapist always says, you know, we don't have roadblocks. We just have speed bumps. We're always driving on this journey. We might have to detour. We might have to reroute. We might have to stop for gas. We're not stopping. We're just going. We're driving. There's no stopping, you know? Um, and that, that was a big, I love that, that idea. Cause it's like, I see myself every time and it's like, you know, you're getting up to those train tracks and you're like, yeah, the train's coming through and you're like, all right, cool. Let's put a song on and jam for two minutes and relax. And let's take this moment to pause 
and be in it. And my ability to stop and recognize things and be mindful or um, notice, whatever you want to call it, life-changing. Like, I literally was able to slow down and look at me so much more often and say, wow, like, this is why you did this, and this is why this result happened. That's a lesson. And in that process, I also discovered that I had some mental diagnoses that I had never been offered my whole life that provided answers and clarity to something that I still couldn't quite put my finger on in this journey. Um, so what that is is that I had been diagnosed with ADHD already in October of that of 2020, which I was like already mind blown by like all the different things I didn't know about ADHD. And that kind of sparked my passion for like, why didn't I know this? Why isn't this taught? Why isn't this learned? Why are we not sharing the fact that there are literally different types of people in the world that are forced to live in a, in a world that is not made for them and we don't talk about it as if they're the problem. And that ignited this like rage in me to like do right and be fair. And so I, being the person that I am, basically started logging and tracking my behaviors in like an Excel sheet and saying, you know, this is what happened. This is what caused it. This is why I got mad. This And like I kind of was just, wanting to understand what was making me tick and what was this pattern of behavior that I was experiencing. And through that is when I discovered that I was autistic, um, which was a even bigger gift. Like I say it like in the most sincere way, the biggest gift I've ever been given was to realize that because my whole life I've had this little, like there's like, I feel like there's like glitter running around my head. This like sparkle that's just always been there. That's like telling me something. You're different. You're different. Those rules don't apply to you. That's not the same for you. You're not going to agree with that. But I didn't understand it. But I've always connected. Like I've known some autistic people in my life. And I've connected with them in a way that like I kind of said with Cheyenne, like you just, it's like we both hear each other. It's like my sparkles and their sparkles came out together in the middle and just like met and we were like, yeah. Um, and in those moments of me putting those two things together, it was one super validating. And then I also went through a phase of like rage and like how unfair that I've gone my whole life having to figure this out by myself. And I've had people like leave me or hate me or disagree with so much about me because of things that we didn't understand about me. And then I felt robbed, you know, I was like, well, all these problems were presented because we didn't understand that I had sensory issues and that I had emotional regulation issues and that, you know, all these factors that I didn't understand that were just problematic in different relationships in my life. And now I'm like, if we, if, if we rewind back to 1986 when baby Callie was born and in the, in those early years we discovered that this was the case, that she was autistic, there would have been a certain set of accommodations and considerations that would have come with me knowing that my whole life but instead it was like hey here's the rule book that we all got everybody just got the same book and rules life and everybody's opening theirs and they're looking at it and they're like yep check makes sense and my book is just this blank book with one note that says those rules don't apply to you and I was like I'm just going to close my book and pretend that my book says the same thing as their book says and I'm gonna you know observe and learn and that's what I did my whole life. I watched TV. I watched humans. And I said, this is how you interact. These are things you do. 
Um, and the first, you know, one of the first things that ever happened in my life that was not like it was on TV. So like when I say like, I literally thought things were like, I saw them on TV. Like my mind is literal. So if I've not been exposed to something and I haven't really seen it or learned it, I take what I see for what it is, you know? So, um, I'm in this relationship. I'm engaged. We have this great, happy life. I cheat on this person. Now in my mind, this is going to get wrapped up in 45 minutes with a couple commercial breaks and a really intense like argument and discussion. <laughs> and then we're going to make up and we're going to be fine. Oh my God. You're so right on this. And I've already figured it all I, out. All I the characters just have to be on their cues. Yeah. And so I'm like, I've already had the whole conversation. So now fast forward to like this literally happening in my life and I cheat on this person and you're, we're breaking up, but like, I don't think we're breaking up. I think that we're just like doing the, like, this is waiting until next episode, like, and next week, you know? And so like, I took this job and I'm moving to Michigan. She lives in Illinois and I'm on the phone and I'm like, you're coming to Michigan with me. And she's like, why would I go to Michigan with you? And I was like, because you're married. What? Like, what kind of, you're going to move with me. She's like, I'm not moving with you. And I was just like, and I'm like, let me look at the script again. Well, you're going to move with me. You're coming with me. That's what happens. You no, know, we're, we said forever. And I'm like, and she's like, but you, and I'm like, it, it, it occurred to me in that moment almost like, oh my God, there's no script. There's no scripts for life. There's nuances. There's, and I didn't understand. I didn't understand. So what did I revert to? What I did understand, which was not healthy behavior, dating people that I shouldn't date. Default programming. Not the right types of settings. Would you say it'd be like a Literally, little bit of like, default programming, um, rebellion from not understanding yourself, but then also not having the courage to go out of your comfort zone? So you just like go and settle in your comfort yep. zone? Yeah, because at this point... Because that shit will still drive you mad. Zero. You're like laying uh -huh. there, you're like, I'm at not this, supposed to be here. <sighs> yeah, and like at that point in my life, never had any sort of mental health um things addressed never really thought never I don't want to say never thought there was anything wrong with me <laughs> other people never thought there was anything wrong with me well and, and I think um that's really but, um I think a key that a lot of people need to hear is um there are people that have things like ADHD or ADD or autism um neurodivergent neurodivergence mm -hmm. Um, that present 100% normal, um, yep. mostly because it's nothing that was identified when they were younger. And so they have yeah. masks. They have perfect masks. Um, you mm -hmm. know, when we were doing our pre-interview and you mentioned, you know, you went and took these tests and blah, blah, blah. And so I went and tested myself because I have a feeling, right, that there's ADD in my mm -hmm. family line and my both of my children have it and my husband has it. But none of us have ever been diagnosed with it, right? And so I went and took the yeah. test and yeah, sure enough, you know, I have ADD. And then I was like, well, okay, let me go take the autism one, right? And yeah, sure enough, I have autism. And I'm like, well, no, I don't, right? And it's like, but the test says if, if you score here, there's zero percent percent chance that you do not have it and I was like okay well let me take this other test that says how you know this tells you about your mask my masking my camouflage right my and my mask is like amazing right so like I I do have it and my mask is a really 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 good mask and I was like huh okay <laughs> you know yep. and and I think that there's a lot of us that um, because it's nothing that was picked up on when we were children um, now, am I saying that I have these? Th I've not been diagnosed. I'm saying I took some tests online, right? 
Um, so I've not seen a psychologist or been diagnosed or anything yeah. else. Um, but there are tests available that anybody can go take. And if you're questioning, is there something going on with me? Because I have and sensory like, issues. And what are some of those things know, that you like started questioning within yourself to say, you know what, these things could be true and I need to, I need to figure something out. Yeah. So like, I think one of the biggest things was what I noticed was the reoccurring factors that set me into, you know, meltdowns or burnouts. Mm-hmm. And so sensory issues are huge with me. I've always struggled with them. Um, I am super sensitive to them and they're going to, they're going to vary. And that's something that I learned too, is that your sensory issues can change. Like you may not be affected by something in one moment as you are in the next. Um, so for example, foods, I'm a very, you know, I've been labeled as a picky eater my entire life. Amen. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. very sensitive to food textures and mm-hmm. my whole life I've been trying to articulate that, but it seems like all the things I articulated never connected for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sensory issues is a big thing. Um, my emotion, my, like my absolute inability to regulate emotions is, it's just, it's always been damaging to me. And it's mm-hmm. like, I am so emotional about things. Mm-hmm. So that was a big thing. And then one of the biggest things that I was able to connect with that I've resonated with my whole life, which is funny in this sense, ironic, um, is being nonverbal is that I Mm -hmm. have a strong desire and I've always had a strong desire my entire life to be Mm nonverbal. I remember like there was this movie, which I feel like nobody ever remembers or know, but it's called the boy who could fly. Um, and it's like super old, like really old movie, but the boy in the movie is silent. He's absolutely autistic and he's nonverbal the entire movie, but he plays such a role and he has such a powerful presence. And that was my favorite movie. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, I love the idea of not talking if you don't want to. So Mm -hmm. I love to do things by myself as a kid. I was a super like in my own little world. Um, And then looking back at childhood behaviors, like my desire to not play with toys, but to stage and line up toys. Um, My, my need for patterns and counting and pattern recognition, like constantly. I'm obsessed with threes, like anything in threes. I count in threes. I do everything in threes. I'm constantly drawing triangles. Like it just became a thing. So those types of combinations of behaviors and me really looking at it and how much they affect my life. And then I obviously spent a lot of time recording myself last year, like just whether it was making TikToks or like in the first few months, I would just do this thing where I would like set my camera up in my room and just record myself while I was doing stuff and forget about it. And then I would watch myself later and observe and realize how often I stim, how often I do repetitive behaviors. Um, and my, you know, those combination of things coming to the accumulation of my meltdowns, which again, I didn't, I thought were me just being like hormonal or on my period or whatever. Overly stressed. When I realized like, I was having autistic meltdowns. I was having extreme sensory overloads. I was having extreme emotional meltdowns. And I was having like literal physical burnout meltdown behaviors. And like then reading about like what that looks like or how that feels to people, I was like. (laughs) Ultimate surprise. "Mm -hmm." And like seeing yourself do things like in that set, like just setting up a camera and observing yourself is actually kind of interesting in some senses when, when I'm doing something for me, at least when I was doing something like this, it was like, I didn't really, I, I thought so much my whole life about how I appear and how I present, but I don't think about all the things I do when I'm alone. 
I don't think about all those behaviors that I'm doing when I'm unmasked. Right. And, um, it took like this whole year of being alone to be like, wow, I'm literally like just with myself all the time. So I'm doing these things all the time. And I also discovered that like in that mix, when I'm alone, I do maybe some more, um, like visible sins, like, you know, whether it's like hair stroking, um, like fixing things, whatever, that kind of stuff. But when I was growing up and like prior to like really recognizing this, I did a lot of internal sins. And so I would do physical things that would literally like, you know, release anything in my body and make me feel that repetitive motion, but things people couldn't see. So things like clenching my abdomen or like my, like my butt or like, you know, my leg muscles, like literally just like clenching them and releasing them, clenching them and releasing them and doing that constantly because I could do it and people couldn't see it, but I was still able to spin and do it. Um, you know, little things like I would all like when I had longer hair when I was younger like I always played with the hairs in the back of my neck and it was like my like comfort one but it was like like low-key 24-7 I was just like sitting there like twirling this hair on the back of my neck um and little things like that I was like I was spinning my whole life you just didn't know that's what I was doing and I was doing it in a way that I was like you have to be presenting in a controlled manner because if you act too wily they're going to notice you. You mm-hmm. don't want them to notice you, you know? Well, and um, for girls particularly um, who have the ADD or ADHD, it's very often undiagnosed because mm-hmm. they are told to, you know, well, they just, they sit down and they're calm and they don't, they're not hyperactive like boys typically are. Yes, and so it's often exactly. noticed. Yeah. It presents in women a hundred percent differently. And there's so many more studies being done now. And that was like another thing I did this last year is I read so many medical journals and studies that are like, I, I could probably be a doctor right now. Mm-hmm. Like literally not only does it present differently in women, there's like legit studies showing how much hormone differences regulate. Like we, we have different hormones. Our body's going to release things differently, which is going to affect our brain map. And like, it's going to affect how we respond to things. Um, you know, a lot of these studies were done on cis white men, like, you know, and there's so many things that I've learned now that it's like, and then not only that, I'm in this, this platform where I'm getting to connect with other creators who are also like me. And like, I've met a handful of friends on here that are either, that are on the spectrum of some sense of neurodivergency and we click like, just like, like Cheyenne and I, like, you know, we just like, these are strangers I met on the internet that I've never even met in person. I've never been in their energy, but we can get on the phone and like go, 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 talk, 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 talk. And it's like, it's like finding your people, you know, it's like literally you're like, Oh my God, I've been waiting my whole life to share this with someone and you get it. Cause you also felt it. And it's like so rewarding. So like what that really did for me and what that's kind of brought me to at this point in my journey is that like, I want to bridge this gap. Mm-hmm. I cannot, no part of me in my brain and all the things I've learned now can understand why we don't teach this, why we don't explain in, in little kids should be taught in those early years. They might play like this and you might play like that. We should not food shame children. Like there's just so many things that we should change about our regular behaviors that are simple, simple changes. And it would make life, changing effects on the people around you potentially and that's that's like that's my mission at this point like how do i how do i bridge this gap how do i make more people 
understand what I'm saying. I'm not just ranting. I'm not just being dramatic. I'm saying, no, no, no. We literally are in the same place, seeing through different lenses, hearing through different headphones. So, like, let's let's connect and understand. And, like, it's okay that we're different. Us fighting it for so much and people trying to mask and create a presence that is not them, that is damaging. You want to know why there's so many mental health issues, why there's so many problems? Because we've been living in a world that wasn't made for us for no reason. We all, like, we as humans, we made it, we made all this up. Why can't we make it, why can't we make it up different? Why can't we Absolutely. And I don't like excuses about why we can't. They never make sense to me. I don't care. I get upset and frustrated. I'm like, you're a part of the problem. Get out of the way. Too much red Uh tape. like, what are some of the things that you, go ahead. What are some of the things that your, um, parental figures could have done differently for you? You know, I think looking back, I think um, recognizing some of those little things, just like the way I played with my toys. Like when I was like, like I was obsessed with like Barbies and Polly Pockets. But like my, my approach to that was I want to take them all out. I want to dress them. I'm going to imagine the environment they're in, the scene that they're going to be in, and I'm going to stage this scene perfectly, and then I'm just going to walk away. I don't want to play. I don't want to move them. I don't want to whatever. And that was like a very reoccurring thing in my life. Um, I was, sensory issues were huge, and it's, you know, not funny, I guess, but like my mom and I will talk about things now, and she'll recall stories, and it's like she was literally, she's telling me about my sensory overload but that's not what we were recognizing. But did and they teach so that to like say, her generation? And that's what I was just going to say. I love that you pulled it out of there because like, do I want to say they could have done things better? Maybe. But I also, I also recognize that they weren't equipped with the knowledge mm-hmm. and you know, I, and so like something else I learned about women um, with ADHD or like on the spectrum, one of the biggest ways that it's, they mask or that it goes unnoticed is through sports. Um, so it's very common for female athletes to absolutely have some undiagnosed um, neurodivergence. And I was an athlete through college or through, through my first couple of years of college. That was probably the first mask I put on that I wore that not only was it a mask, it was an identity. It was, it was literally who I was known for in my area for this, this game that I played. And the first time I ever floundered in my whole life was when I stopped playing and I literally remember like being like I literally don't know how to fill my days I don't know how to schedule I don't know how to manage time my whole life was on this routine for let's see I was like 10 or 11 when I started playing and like 22 when I stopped so for 10 plus years I lived in this routine that was crucial to my functioning and for the first time in my life a routine changed and I lost it and yeah and it's because I didn't realize I was in a routine my whole life and then right about that time I had just started serving at Roadhouse I was serving at Applebee's and at Roadhouse at the time that was my new <laughs> that was the only routine I knew now and because I'm a creature of habit and I need routine in my life that is what I did for the next 10 years then I was like hey I want to put I want to try on this new mask you know and it just was this constant, like, attempt to live in this routine that I was creating that wasn't, it didn't fit. It's like, 
time isn't real to me. Days don't exist. I don't understand. I just got all this energy and these thoughts and these feelings and I want to get them out. And the sun goes up and it comes down and the world spins around and I'm here. But I'm like, I don't understand it like you guys understand it. I don't know how to live in it. And so it's like living in this nonsense, this chaos that I have has been the most happy year of my life. I, so know, does it thrill bad. you? It's been hard. Does it thrill you and scare you to know that like your life is truly what you make it? Like when you've, when you've broken that um, routine mask away from yourself and being like, oh crap, not only did I pick that as my routine, like I did that, I lived in that, but now moving forward on all the steps forward that you can plan out as far as possible, but not being able to see everything. Does it get terrifying when you're like, this is all me, bud, this is on me. Uh huh. So like right now, like literally, like as we speak, like probably today after this, or maybe tomorrow, depending how stressy I get. Um, I'm launching my website. Like I've been working on something for a, like this whole year. I've just been accumulating these ideas and this this thing that I want to create. You know, this this first step in bridging my gap. And um, so I started like designing like clothes and stuff like that um and some other things some miscellaneous products notebooks um i'm working on some like e-download type files um and it's all to the website's gonna be called accommodations and considerations um or the brand but it's basically to kind of share this stigma about mental health and these things that we literally mask or cover or don't share we don't want to share we don't we want to suppress it as a society and i don't want that Speak your truth. Share what you need. Let's normalize boundaries. Let's talk about sensories. Let's talk about problems that people suffer with and let's learn and grow from them. Like, you don't have to have them to understand them. But, like, let's let's stop living in this world where we're just being sheep. Let's stand out. Let's share our stories. Let's share our experiences. And let's together bridge these gaps. Um, so it's super scary because I created all of it all of it's just me and it's like there's nobody to reassure me there's nobody to also you know well you're the one who actually needs supported now like you're so used to being the supporter and being like you're so great you're so awesome I love you and then the validation that you would get is literally the energy back so I mean I know what it's like to be in that I need support chair now and it's like I don't need your validation yeah, I mean, obviously, I want you to buy my stuff from me, but only if it's genuine. But when you're always the supporter yeah. and then you're the one in, like, the hot seat now, so to speak, I feel like Damn. I could burn up before I could succeed. I'm like, I know that I'm doing with full intent what I'm supposed to be doing, and this is right, and this is good. But, oh, my gosh, this feels yeah. terrifying to stand out here in the light. And that's what it is too. And like, you know, I've obviously become like super in tune with my spiritual side this last year and really just like tuned into those things. And I'm the kind of person where like, I don't want to say I don't like a little bit of the light on me, but when it really comes down to it, I like to be that behind the scenes. I like to just like facilitate this amazing thing. And even if nobody knew that I was the one who did it, if I got to see all those people be happy and enjoy it, that's literally Worth all I the need. Price I don't of admission. need anybody to know. Yep. I totally get that. Um, I don't, yeah, and I and I don't need that. So it's like sometimes I think about this this fight that I'm doing, and my and my followers and my people that have been supporting me have been insanely hype and just like encouraging me. Like it's pretty much been almost done for weeks now. I just am a perfectionist, 
and I'm I understand constantly that. overthinking and yes. like just little tweaks and like just like literally like last night alone I just like sat and stared at it for like 45 minutes just and just stared and was like I think what I'm doing in those moments is like what is everybody going to think when they look at this I'm trying to imagine what mm-hmm. every yeah. type of person is and it's like stop that stop that your whole website is well about, you eventually just need to like health. yeah publish it and release it because yeah. you're well, and that's, that's where you're I'm showing so like, all the struggles of it for sure. But I know the just staring at your website part and you're like, did I choose the right picture? Is that the right font? Are they going to scroll uh-huh. down? Do they like the paragraph I wrote? Do they like this? Do you think that I named that product something stupid? Is that too mm-hmm. expensive? Should I change the title and the font for the price and the font? Just all these stupid little things that, of course, because you're the Kent Taylor, that's what I remind myself mm-hmm. when I start getting like yep. manic or neurotic in a bit. Um, I'm like, you're Kent Taylor right now. You walk in, you notice the lights need to be at this level. You notice the blinds need to be at a 45 degree angle. The floor needs to be swept. Like all those minute, Desiree does the same thing. And I think that's why like we're together on this journey is because we can tell when each other starting to tinker too much and it's hindering yeah. the step that we're supposed to take. So I'm like, all right, what are we scared of right now? Cause we don't want to hit the publish button, but it's freaking done what are we doing Uh so you have to like go back and introspect yourself you're like i need a cheyenne right now (laughs) i need someone to call and and be like hey tell me i'm awesome i think the the biggest thing too is like people i think like us a lot are people perceive that i'm confident people perceive that i have this like set of like this like leg up on your confidence but the reality is is like that's not true and also, like, just like you said, like, when I'm, you know, if I'm making TikToks, I sometimes will reshoot the same thing 20, 30 times. Because I am so in tune with every little detail. And then it's like, I'll get, like, a great shot, and I'll look, but my necklace will be like... Yep, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... And you're like, I literally can't do it. It's not like the picture in your it. mind, though. Like, if you think about exactly. it, like, if you're, if it's that picture in your mind, well, it's not your picture. That picture has been given to you. Like, your brain's a receiver. I say it all the time. So, it's like, hey, they gave you this picture. Okay, until it matches this picture, which is why I always say I get really neurotic when we start editing everything. Because I'm like, at the time, I thought that was really good and inclusive and should be in the episode. But now that I look back, I feel really stupid for saying that. So I'm like, do I have to go with, oh, I feel stupid for saying that. Oh, the picture didn't with all of our media stuff. We don't like pull each other apart at all because it's super easy to be like, no, you can't post that picture of me. I don't like it. I didn't like how my face looked like this. It didn't match the picture in my head. That desire for perfection is us, you know, it's like, okay. So I always compare it to like, I'm a Mac. And I'm trying to run on Windows, okay? Amen. And then not only that, like, people are trying to, like, upload files into me, and I'm like, these aren't working, these aren't working. Corrupt, corrupt. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but, like, sometimes you can, you can like, download these new things and kind of help make the two work together, or whatever the case is. Um, and it, it's crazy to realize how different people are, really, and realize the more you connect with like-minded people, like, probably for you, Judy, like, once you guys, like, met, I'm assuming, and, like, started to, like, just, like, go, it was, like, this constant, like, source of, like, energy and, like, encouragement. Absolutely. And, and reassurance and, like, the things you needed that you were lacking because you were so often trying to fit in with people that 
like literally just aren't your type of people. Yeah, they're not your tribe. They're not meant for you. And that's okay. Like, I can still respect them in every sense. But, like, if you don't get my sense that I'm talking about and if you think my tangent is crazy, then I'm not your people either. Yeah, if I'm too much, if I'm too dramatic for you, all of that is fun stuff. Like, I've found now when... When people do not necessarily have like negative responses to me, but you can kind of just be like, you can tell they aren't vibing you. I used to always Mm -hmm. internalize it like, oh, it must be me. It must be me. It must be me. And I don't do that anymore because I check myself immediately when I walk in any door. I'm like, okay, we're anxious. We're going to be nice. Um, If there's dogs, pet them first. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like go, you know, you kind of got to go through the social anxiety, which I mean, you again, reverting back to Roadhouse, like doing guest relations, table visits, being the hero in the situation, being that honestly, that omnipresence in the restaurant. Like Mm -hmm. I used to think it was such a curse to be like, like if anything goes wrong, like we're Cheyenne and now like, thank God I can look back and I know that that's the training ground for really appreciating and wanting to connect with humanity more because you understand yeah. those cues better because you've struggled with them. You've had to pull them apart yeah. like a piece of machinery and put it back together yeah. a bunch of times, timing yourself and not. So well, I'm really grateful for that, like- just like you are, but with you picking up on social cues, looking back in your life, like how did that help you to really understand yourself at the end of the day, like your triggers going through the motions? Yeah. Cause you're not fully healed in the therapist's office. You know, if you, if you have issues with integrating information, what does it matter if you went to your therapist? Cause wouldn't you develop this weird ego where you're like, well, I go to therapy a couple times a week. So in that session, I'm healing, but now I'm going to go back and do my life. I'm not going to put in any more work except for therapy. Yeah, exactly. And you have to, you have to implement it in your life. You can't just go sit and talk in a room and not bring it out of the room. You know, you got to keep the silent conversation going in a sense or set those boundaries. But Mm -hmm. yeah, with me being the kind of person who had to observe social cues to learn things, you know, at this point in my life, my gift is insane. I can read, like I used to joke, but like, you could walk into the restaurant and I can pick what you're going to order or I can probably narrow it down to like at least two or three things. And like sometimes even right down to the side of the drink and I can literally do it. And, I love it. um, it, it's great at times and it's a hinder at other times because it's causing me to have all these analyzations in a moment. Um, but it's also, it's given me like, I keep coming back to this point of like, you have these skills and you were kind of using them wrong let's flip how we're using it. Absolutely. Let's take your ability to perceive people and get them to like, you know, I've always had this, this knack or whatever in my life where people tell me secrets, like super intense secrets that they've never told anybody else. And I'm like, I don't know why you're telling me this. I'm honored but at I this just point. Like Thank you. Offer the, yeah. Right. And like, but it's just always happened. It's like, I feel like my ability to read people allows me to have this silent cue of like, you can trust me and people read it and people perceive it. And same with like any other setting that's allowed me to control a room that I'm in. Like recently I was at a concert um, with a friend. It was like a, like a cover band, like a nineties, like cover band type thing. And it was super fun, but the room was like dying a little bit. Like the crowd was like dying. It wasn't as like hype. The people were kind of separating from in front of the stage and like navigating towards the bar area. But I was like, I don't go out a lot and I'm having fun right now. In order for me to not look like, 
bad whilst having fun dancing around in the middle of this bar by myself. I want the whole bar to get hype again. Heck yeah. So without moving, without moving from the spot I was in, without leaving, without anything, I just energetically shifted my mindset and said, let's bring this room back. And like within the, by the end of that next song and like through the rest of their set, we were like packed in front of the stage and everybody was going crazy. And all I did was just like mentally make that, but that was like me at this point in my life, knowing that I could do that. Mm-hmm. It was like, but you know what? Maybe, maybe when I do this, all these great things, maybe, maybe he's going to take her home tonight and they're going to have fun. Maybe they're going to, you know, with whatever, something great could happen from the energy that I just created that I don't even know, but I know it was a good energy and I felt the presence. And it's almost kind of like where I'm seeking that dopamine rush or that high. It's like, okay, I used to create it in my life by like drama and seeking out attention or validation from people that were not going to give it to me and like hoping they would. Now I'm just like, sometimes I just like to walk in places and make people feel better. Mm-hmm. That's you just time. leave them better than like, when you found them. Comp, like, you know, like when you, t- I, I forgot, I feel like I forgot some stuff you could probably tell me about when we first met, but like little things like that, like me recognizing that you were maybe having a bad day, but you didn't want to talk about it, but you needed to lift up. I'm going to do that. Because I recognize it. And I love, like, one of my, I call it, like, drive-by compliments. Like, I'll just, like, scroll through my TikTok and I'll find people that I assume maybe don't get compliments as often or don't get appreciation they maybe deserve. And I'm going to stop and I'm going to observe their page for a second. And I'm going to go through and I'm going to leave you, like, a super sincere, genuine compliment of some sense. And I hope that it'll resonate with you or whatever the case is. And usually people, people love it. I get great responses. And I love that because I know how good that feels. I know when I was first starting this journey and people started commenting positive, positive stuff. Like I posted that first one where I was like, Hey, I'm in my car and I'm going to talk. I remember I had like, you know, however many like 700 likes and like how many comments came on it, like over that first night, I was like sitting there reading them the next morning. And I was so emotional because I was like, Oh my God, like I did this. I did this thing that was just me talking about me and people received it. And you were 100% just being your authentic self. And that was the first Uh time in a really long time that you had even stepped out into the light as your authentic self as well. Since I was probably 10 or 11. Yeah. Maybe 12 That's monumental. Like, yeah. And then so like slowly over the years, like I've been building this confidence. And like, you know, he said like hitting that publish button. With something like this, like this website, it, it feels like more pressure because not only that, it potentially could generate income. And then I had this like guilt. Are of, like, you I don't scared want of success? Give me their money. Yes. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, no, give me your money. Give me yeah. your money. <laughs> well, I'm going to do something good money. with your money. Desiree and I discuss exactly. this all the time. Well, and I think exactly. so. I call myself a serial entrepreneur <laughs> because yeah. she is. I on, What's your I, sign? What is your, what is your sign? Capricorn. So I probably launch a new business once a week. And (laughs) so um, take it from me. The best thing you can do is just hit publish. And I promise you there are errors. I promise you there are misspellings. I promise you there are things that you should and will change, but it will never be perfect enough. Just launch, just go. And And that's literally all I keep thinking is like, mm -hmm. just do it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, just launch and just go. And the 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 more often you do that, the easier it's going to get. And don't um, don't turn it off because the first day you don't get a thousand purchases. You know, don't turn yeah. it off if the first year you don't get a thousand purchases. Yeah. Just let it like, go and let it run and. And then go to that page and turn your energy up like you do in the room and just let it happen. And I think that's what it's like. It's like I think for the first time I'm scared, but in the right way, like I'm excited, scared. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm I hate to use the word hopeful because I'm such a negative Nancy some days. Mm -hmm. But like I'm hopeful for the for the potential of this and what Mm -hmm. it could provide and what next step it could take me to. Yeah. And um. It's, it's already for me bridging that gap of where I want to be in my life. I've already, I've already created a platform where over 30,000 people listen to me talk about this or right. watch me share my emotions or my stuff and say, and that platform that. is the biggest part of anything. So for yeah. me, <laughs> I, I never create the platform. I just launch everything. Right. So that's my yeah. biggest thing is I don't have the platform. I just keep launching stuff and being like, oh, hopefully somebody finds it one day. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that you already have a platform that people know and recognize and love and engage with and want to support you and want to support. Yeah. Is already tenfold, meaning that, you know, you're yeah. going to have some success. And the and it's like, yeah. You need to build that sometimes, like if you don't have it naturally, you need to build mm-hmm. that yeah. support around you. Yeah. So, I mean, just, just go hit, just go hit publish. Just do it. Just do it. That's literally last night when I was typing because you can always, I made a, yeah, you can always fix it. You know, if you, you're going to find a mistake, it. you can yeah. always fix it. Yeah. All right, Kelly. I know I'm going to change things. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got this. I'm, I'm sitting here it hearing Desiree's encouragement and I know exactly how you need to be spoken to right now. <laughs> okay, are you ready for this? Okay, we're yeah. sitting we're sitting at 111. I'm the MP, okay. you're the manager. And I'm we just finished up the last 10 minutes. You just told me your hopes and your dreams, your passions, this is what you're scared of, this is why you can't mm-hmm. push publish. And there was one word that you used that I realized that you need to level up in something before you hit publish. And it's something that made me level up too when we hit publish on the podcast. And you are not allowed to use the word, I hope, I am hopeful. I hope you have a good day. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. Um, So I challenge you, Callie. (laughs) I really, really want you to just dig deep. And I truly challenge you to use I am affirmations and you already treat your business as if it's already launched and you already Mm -hmm. you continuously use those affirmations and visualizations me cutting hope like I hope you have a good day I hope this works out well for me is still one of the things that I struggle with but that is the one thing that the only thing that I could critique you on when you're like I'm scared to push public I'm like well it's probably because you're still saying hope and I get that (laughs) when you move from I hope to I am affirmations you are literally and you understand the the energy how you Mm -hmm. feel that like phoenix rising from the ashes power almost that is what's going to radiate through your body and you will literally obliterate all of those negative what ifs why can't I push publish this 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 and again you already have a platform that's really big I think too like many people that go through awakenings they have these moments about like actual manifestation and seeing it like actually present like in your physical world uh-huh. um 
And it's like I've had so many like little moments like that. And then I, uh, I like literally, I just saw a video on TikTok the other day that was like this like perception thing that they had you do where you like line your hands up and then you can see that one's going to be taller than the other one. Okay. So you see it and then you close your, so you'll see which one. So you my left one is a little bit higher than my right in this. Okay. So then you're going to close your eyes and you're going to visualize the other one being taller and you're going to say out loud, this, this, my right hand will be taller now. My right hand will be taller. You're going to close your eyes. You're going to visualize it. My right hand is going to be longer. My right finger will be taller. And you're going to look and it's going to, it's going to be taller. I love that. Um, and that just literal moment of like, I just held this power in my hand and I physically saw myself change the perceived world that I'm in. And I was like, sit like low key sitting on my toilet doing it. Cause that's like when I, you know, find my most inspiring. Uh, <laughs> that's when I, I did talk. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to take this and my hand is going to be this metaphor now. And I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to look at these things and I'm say, I'm going to grow this. I am going to make an impact. I am going to make changes in people's lives. I am going to make life better for some little kid that was like me sitting in their bedroom, staring out their window, imagining things different. I don't want to imagine anymore. I want to paint the picture for everybody. I want everybody to like literally wake up one day and see the art that I made in whatever form that it's in and say, that's powerful. And, uh, that's what I, you know, in, in this whole big thing, you know, I really just hope to make an impact on all the lives, not just the neurodivergent people, but the neurotypical people too. You know, you guys live with us and we live with you and sometimes we're parents or whatever the case is. And we could do better by just by simple accommodations and considerations. And that's where the whole you know brand name came from was that that's all I needed my whole life. And I wanted, and um, I'm actually starting to get it because I asked for them and I put forth the energy and I presented myself in an honest, real way. And it's still weird to get them. Like when I get these accommodations or considerations, I feel a little uncomfortable. And I naturally say like, you are inconveniencing them by asking them to change. But you're, then I'm also like, stop that. This is your voice that you had to use. This is your gift. Your gift is that you can share knowledge with masses and you can make people understand things in a very simple way because it's simple our differences are simple the way I see things versus the way other people see things they're simple differences but they're real powerful in our everyday lives and that's all I want again just like one person a day if I could make that impact I'm happy as my daughter would say, happy, happy. <laughs> so um, before we get to the wonderful song that I picked for your outro, um, how important is self-love in your awakening and discovery journey? And do you have any tips and tricks that you, the way that you started to do self-love? Because I share mine all the time, but I'm always interested in what, mm -hmm. what people's beginner steps are and really turning that love into yourself. Absolutely. Um, so one thing that I do, like probably like every three months or so, I will sit down and write five things I like about myself. And I can usually tell when I'm about to do that, what it's going to be like. It's either the ideas are flowing out of my head and I think of so many things I like about myself. Or I'm sitting there and I'm like, I like shoes. <laughs> like, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Um, but it's that constant reminder of like, 
you should love things about yourself before you want anybody else to love them. So always recheck yourself and say, hey, what do I love about me right now? And it might change because you grow and life changes. So mm-hmm. you might love different things. Um, also, just really like in an unvain sounding way, like looking at myself. Mm-hmm. Like literally just like looking at myself up and down and saying, you are beautiful. You are beautiful for so many reasons that not just physical, like you are beautiful and you have something to offer and you are real. You matter. Like, just like, like I'm not a big, like affirmations, like out loud person. I found that those were awkward and uncomfortable for me. So what I like to do is I have like hype music sessions. So in the morning I usually take about 30 minutes and it's usually like, I'll just pick a few songs that I know they're going to get me in a mood. Mm-hmm. And I just love to like watch myself dance around and sing. And it's like sometimes in those moments I catch myself and I'm like, yeah, I love those. I have those like, too. That, yeah, that's like, that's the self-love that I want. That's the kind of like people, I know that there's a whole set of people in my life once upon a time that probably see me on these platforms and think like, Callie's just like sitting alone in her office, like talking at her phone all day. Or like doing these weird, weird <laughs> things, and they're like whatever mine. But I'm like, nah, I'm falling in love with me every day. Mm-hmm. I treated my like my birthday this past year was obviously going to be like a an accumulation of like all these thoughts and feelings, and you know where was I going to be? And it was it great? Was it perfect? No, absolutely not. But instead of being upset by that, I said I'm going to treat myself the way I would want to be treated. So I took myself to the city. I bought myself tickets to an art show. I went out to eat. I went shopping. I stayed in some super cute Airbnb that was just like my vibe yes. and I had fun and I just did it by myself and I enjoyed every second of it. And I was like, that was the most intentional act I had done for myself in a while. Could I shop for myself all the time? That's, that's paper. That's, you know, objects. This was like actual intentional behavioral planning to say, this is let's celebrate you with you this is the level nobody's gonna love you like you can love you yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I just had so much I literally spent like three 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 days in the city by myself just like literally one of my friends was like do you want me to come and like hang out with you for a day and I was like no no how powerful is that though when you go from when you jump over that loneliness mountain where you're like oh I can't do that I can't leave the situation that I'm in because I'll be alone and then I'll have to face myself and you turn in from okay I'm gonna face my shadow self held on head on I'm gonna face this unworthiness where this loneliness comes from and at the end of it you have this powerful friendship and love and admiration for yourself that you're so used to giving everybody else but when you actually feel that you love yourself that feeling that you're like oh my gosh this is how other people feel when I love them this is what it feels like to love myself because I have those corny moments too where I'm like you girl you I love you I'm so proud of you look at you well it's like if I would for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm just as loyal and protective of me as I would be to anybody else in my life. Yes, incredible. Like, the type of like fearless, just like loyal, like unwavering support. I was like, yo, you should give that to yourself. That's dope. And it was like, it literally just has been so amazing. And in that same weekend where it was so like nice and relaxing, I also had a very emotional day where I kind of dove deep into some things I had maybe been carrying that I was afraid to just like let out mm-hmm. or express. And I had a conversation with someone about how, you know, one of the biggest things that I felt was like, 
I think that there was so much hurt that happened in that breakup with certain part, like, you know, one person made a decision and separated four people and three of those people didn't get a say in it. So for a really long time, I carried this energy that I didn't want two of those little energies to feel any sad. So for a year, I held it all. I held all the pain and I held all the hurt because it didn't seem fair to me that those two little energies had to suffer or had to hurt. Um, but I also realized that I couldn't carry that anymore. I couldn't keep carrying that pain that happened that day. It, it, it's already gone now. It's, it's out of their realm, but I can't keep carrying it. I gotta let it go. Absolutely. And, uh, it was super powerful though for me to recognize that like, that I was carrying that still, even in this big, like, open year, I still was subconsciously carrying things out of guilt or need for that control or whatever the case was. Or just um, not wanting to be the bad guy in the situation. You know, like you think if those little energies can come back and, you know, they'll they'll be able to talk one day. And if they wanted to know, you know, why did this happen? Why did our family split up, so to speak? you're going to carry that. You're like, I'm going to carry this until like, they're the ones that can release me from this guilt of the breakup that we had to go through. Yeah. And I think that it was that it was like, it was like a moment of realization that like, there are going to be energies that I can't always control. There are going to be elements that enter my, my bubble. Um, and that's okay because now I'm equipped with way more tools. Like I just gave this analogy recently on a video that, that my whole life I've been a firefighter except I didn't have a truck, I didn't have the gear, and I actually didn't work for a department. I was just, like, low-key rolling up the fires, and I was like, I got you. Let me Let's help. And then I went to, like, the fire academy, and I learned how to use all my tools, and I got this protective gear, and I got a truck, and now I show up with people and support, and I'm still putting out fires. My job never changed. Now I'm, now I'm equipped a lot better to put out those fires. And sometimes I might show up and that fire might be burning hot. All we can do is control it as best as possible. So like I might have a meltdown some days. I might not be able to catch it right away. I might not notice all those warning signs as fast as I have. And I might have to put out that fire. But it's all all I can do. Now I'm a lot more confident, comfortable, and equipped to do it. Whereas before I was like, I'm winging it. But like that fire is... So we got to stop it. Um, but I think yeah, you have it's, a it's gracious just, it's, awareness. It's, it's, my therapist always says that I've been paying her for the last year just to talk to myself. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, like okay, well, I'm done with you. Me. I love myself. Thank you. She's like, you're, she, she's like, you already came into it so self-aware. So for you to dissect yourself and work through this stuff wasn't challenging because you were honest and you were aware and you were able to do so. And the more you, you know, like sharpen those tools in any sense, no matter what your skill set is, you can be a natural at whatever, but you sharpen it even better. And that's kind of where I'm at at this point in my life. Like I'm 35 years old. I made huge life changes over the last year. I made career changes. I put energy into solely me and I spent like literally like the entire year alone essentially and I work from home, I don't leave, I don't interact, yet I was still able to make an impact on over 30,000 people to want to hear me talk about it. And that 
every time I stop and think about it, I'm like, you didn't leave your house and your energy spread across the world. Mm-hmm. I got people in other countries. I love when people from other countries come in my lives and hang out. I'm like, <laughs> tell Germany. me about yourself. What are you doing over there? Show me Germany, please. Speaking of, like, oh, I'm going to bed and they're like, I'm making my morning coffee. I'm like, is it tomorrow? <laughs> is it tomorrow? Speaking of powerful. Speaking of which, um, do, is it okay? Do you want to share what your TikTok handle is in case anyone wants to follow you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, y'all can find me on the TikTok at Callie is my name three. Callie is my name three because Callie is my name. I am not from California. I do not associate with anything else other than that. I always wondered why you picked that as your name. Now I get it. So what is, uh, how do you spell the Cali? Is it C-A-L-I? Yep, just like California, no Fornia. So (laughs) C-A-L-I-I-S-M-Y-N-A-M-E-3. Okay. Um, I'll put it down in the notes for sure. Which you're one of my yeah, favorite TikTokers to follow anyways. Um, it, it's easy because you're just like my friend. So I'm like, what are you doing? But there's yeah. there's some there. You'll have to scroll, but there's some that she'd make. And she's like, um, if if I work with you and you see this TikTok, I did not make yeah. this TikTok. <laughs> if, if I work with you and you bring up this TikTok, this TikTok does not exist. Yeah. Like she, she does get like emotionally vulnerable. Like one of my favorite ones that she did, she does really good with the videos. And she said, this is the person that everybody wants. And it's her, I mean, it's the Cali that I know it's happy. It's center of attention. So funny, making everybody happy, loving, comfortable. And it's like, this is the one that they don't want to deal with. And it's the day that you have your manic breakdowns, your overstimulation, you're, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Like I can't cater to you. And I was like, that's really freaking bold to not only introspectively make that video about yourself. Cause I know that you're used to recording yourself, but to put that yeah. out on TikTok and be like, Hey, I'm not going to portray my profile. Like I'm always this fresh blue haired dancing in my backyard. Awesome fucking person. Yeah. This is a part of me, but this is what I'm building and struggling and moving from. And if you're going to love the blue hair, you're going to love it when it fades out too. And follow along with me because we're not we're not alone I named your episode I'm not alone but I'll go first because that's one of the biggest things that you said when you started doing the TikTok is finally I'm authentic finally I can speak for myself and I'm growing and this isn't always who I'm gonna be but I noticed that I'm not alone we're all alone we're all missing this connection this vulnerability this hey we're not alone Um, but obviously someone has to go first and I've had many moments in my life where like I have to go first. Well, when you go first, you're scared of being labeled, put in boxes, obviously the negativity and all of that. So you're like, I'm a no box type person. Like if you need to put a label on me, I guess you can do that. But my name's Callie and I'm here to make you happy. And if I can do anything to help you, please let me know. And I know from like our shared experience again, like where that I need to accommodate you. Let me serve you. Let me make you feel uncomfortable because we both have like the same tool bag that we were gifted. We just got to use it differently. So it speaks profoundly to my heart the way that you're like, I know what I'm supposed to do here and it's to help and accommodate people and make us all feel connected and bridging that gap. I mean, especially with spirit and science is why we're both here too. But it's nice to know that you, like talking to you, I don't feel so outnumbered. 
Um, cause sometimes I just feel silly with how happy and how loving and like my, my purpose isn't in uh, a company that's productivity that I used to be able to say, Oh, I have these numbers. I have this percentage. I have this promotion. I have this car. I have Mm -hmm. this house. Like those were all my identity. You know what? Yeah. And like all those things in a business end are great, but you know what I, what we take away and what we remember from those times is the relationships that we built, the people we impacted, the you know, the, 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 the service that we went on with the heart, 100%. Like, like we already wore our heart on our sleeves anyways. Yeah. Like when I, when I left one of the times I had an employee write me this beautiful, beautiful letter, like, like a four page, beautiful letter, but it was all about my impact that I made on her life over the last four years and how, when she walked in to get the job that day, she didn't even think she wanted to work and that. I made her feel so comfortable and so welcome and that she always knew she had somewhere safe to go at work. Like regularly I had employees that would just come to work on their day off and ask if they could like sit at a table and do homework or sit in the office and get stuff done. And that like speaks volumes about your energy. Not quiet. Yeah. And even if I wasn't right there with them that day, I created this energy within four walls that existed no matter what. And you know, it's hard to leave that, but I also recognize that I did do my part over the, you know, the like seven, eight years that I managed inside a restaurant. I made impacts on hundreds of people in all the places I worked. And that was great. That was powerful. Those people that I did that to, they're all doing great things in their life right now. And I'm so proud of them. Now I get a chance. I want, I, I'm going to take this chance that I have and I'm going to run with it and say, I'm going to affect more people now. That was, that was little, that was just baby steps. I'm ready now to like impact more, more people should be talking about this. More people should be willing to learn and grow um, and connect like with all different kinds of people. Like she, what are we doing? Yeah. We just, we all want to go back home. Kumbaya. That's all we want to sing. Um, yeah. So I picked a song out today for you um, and it's called one heart. Uh, as soon as I went through my list, I already knew I was like, this is the song I want to play at the end of Callie's episode because you, I was wondering. you really do, so excited. you really do just like, I understand how you just want to love everybody and everybody to give along, get along, but we understand why we're not getting along. We're, we're so analytical with, Oh, well, I know why this isn't working. I know why this isn't working, but we all have the tools inside of us to like help each other. And I got, I got that a lot out of your story. When you think of the people that, you know, in work, out of work in your life that you can really just impact people. You are one of those people that, I mean, impacted me, but look at your TikTok. Look how fun you are. Like you can flip somebody's Uh day in like two freaking seconds just because they saw a 30 or 60 second video. And it just brings to light again, you know, how we're all connected, how we all kind of want to be together. So Vitality Exposed is bringing this song by Headshine. It is called One Heart. You can check it out on Spotify. And you can check out Callie is my real name three on TikTok. And we will have all those show notes in the bottom for you. And her new website that she's going to hit publish on as soon as we hang up the phone. Yes, as soon as she hits publish, you guys will have direct access to all of that too. absolutely we appreciate you you. unfolding that info on here and thank you for sharing Callie it's been awesome 
I love you so much. Thank you for having me. I love you guys. All right. To the music.